Hey there, and welcome to What's the Story? We're an inquisitive bunch of hosts on a mission to uncover stories about faith and courage from everyday people. In doing that, we get the privilege of chatting with amazing guests and have the opportunity to delve into their faith journey, the hurdles they've overcome, and the life lessons they've learned along the way. If you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for our weekly newsletter at our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. It's your direct line to the latest episodes and detailed show notes delivered straight to your inbox. What's the Story is brought to you by Crowd Church, who fully understand that stepping into a traditional church might not be everyone's cup of joe. So Crowd Church provides a digital sanctuary, a safe space to explore the Christian faith where you can engage in meaningful conversations rather than just simply spectating. So whether you're new to the Christian faith or in search of a new church family, visit crowd.church. And if you have any questions, just drop them an email to hello at crowd.church. They would love to connect with you. And now, let's meet your host and our special guest for today. So welcome to What's the Story. Let me look at the camera. Welcome to What's the Story. My name is Matt Edmondson. I am with Tom Grant, who um, we've met recently, uh, re- really recently, actually. We've sort of connected, isn't it? Like maybe five, six months ago when we came onto the show. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, we uh, we had you over on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. In the, yeah. In the bar at yeah. Finnegan's. For the, <laughs> the bar at Finnegan's, which That's is great. It. Yeah, it, yeah. The freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a really bad stinking cold that night as well. Oh, you're a great value, though. <laughs> we really enjoyed it. Yeah. We've, I felt like we were nice to you. I felt we were kind. So you were I'm, very I'm gracious. I'm expecting the same treatment. Wait, well, I'm sorry. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> 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 yeah. Dang it. So if you don't know, uh, you are a Baptist minister. That's right. In North Liverpool. And you and your fellow minister, Alan, run a podcast called Wednesday Night at Finnegan. That's correct. Right? Yes. Uh, Alan Finnegan is his name. You do this in Alan's back garden. He built a shed, didn't he, during COVID? That's it. During... I think with a piece of string and a plank of wood. It... And it's still, <laughs> still standing. <laughs> somehow, somehow it's still standing. So every Wednesday night we're in the bar. Yeah. We have a guest in and we spend the evening having a pint, talking about life and faith and everything in between. And it's all live streamed, isn't it, on YouTube and Facebook? When it works, it's live streamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not quite as slick an operation as this, so uh, when it works. I don't know about sleep. <laughs> I don't know about sleep. So, yeah, when uh, we, it, was, it was just such good fun. The way, mm-hmm. what you guys do, if you've not checked it out, check out Wednesday Night at Finnegan's. It's, what you guys do is great. I just love it. And it, it's just very funny, uh, very down-to-earth, very humorous. And um, so I thought, yeah, we'll get you onto the What's the Story podcast. We're going to dig deep into that. Um, I should also say uh, that you are married to Emma. That's you have correct. three kids, slightly younger than mine, we've deduced. They are. <laughs> uh, 13, 11 and 9. That's Elijah, Hope and Eden. 13, and it, in Eden uh, is the link. You, you, you also work for in the, on the Eden Project. Yeah. For... So that's how I moved to um, Liverpool to be part of an Eden team. Yeah. As part of the Message, message Trust. Trust. So that's my, that's my day job. Which is where being a minister is a side hustle until they work out what I'm doing. And uh, so, yeah, daytime I'm with the Message Trust, uh, yeah. working in a fantastic Christian charity based in Manchester. Yeah. Done all sorts over the years. My, most recently, community groceries, um, you know, during lockdown, seeing the mm-hmm. need, uh, the food poverty experienced across the UK. Yeah. Uh, met the need. Uh, 60,000 members across the UK now, these community groceries, 21 mm. locations. Um, feeding people uh, for much reduced price. 
just a beautiful, beautiful yeah. ministry doing wonderful things. And it's a joy to be part of it. Yeah, no, I, I imagine it is. And it's, it is remarkable. We've got something similar at Frontline. They've got the food hub thing there. Great. Same sort of thing, you know. And I think part of me is like, it's great that churches are doing this, but it's sad that they have to. Do you know I mean, there's this sort of real tension, isn't there, between, mm. oh, there's a need in the community and the church can actually do something or and Christian ministries can get involved, which I think is good and bring the gospel into mm. that. Mm. Um, but it's just as sad that in a, a nation that's as wealthy as ours that we need to do that with that service. It's it, terrifying. It, it's yeah. terrifying. If you, you if you dig into the statistics around poverty in the nation, especially children experiencing poverty, it's astounding. Yeah. Just, it's terrifying that yeah. we're seeing something like that happen in the in the UK. And so I think the church is doing what the church has always done, which is have a go at trying to <laughs> make a difference. Yeah. And we don't always smash it. We don't always get it right. No. We get a lot wrong, but we're keen. Yeah. We'll have a go. We'll have a go. And, um, you know, people are, you know, I think what's great about the groceries is it's, it's not just the, the food that they're, it's not just feeding people, but, yeah. and often I think the food is a symptom of a, a, a problem going on, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's about relationships. It's about connecting with people, plugging them into community and getting them the help they need. So yeah. um, it's fantastic. So how long have you been with the message? So I've been with the message for about 10 years now doing Eden. So oh, wow. um, Eden was it's basically a community project where Christians move into uh, the government has what they call the indices of multiple deprivation. And so yeah. Eden teams focus on those communities that fall within the highest 10% yeah. on the uh, most deprived in those, those uh, communities that face significant challenges, beautiful places, fantastic people who have just been battered you know, yeah. by, um, by many things. And so we moved there 10 years ago to start an Eden team. Christians partner with a local church. They move mm -hmm. on to an estate to live there long-term mm -hmm. to, to make that home, but also to share, share their lives and their faith. Yeah. And so our joy to have done that for 10 years. So I've been in Liverpool for 10 years. I still sound like a Tory. They call, <laughs> <laughs> they, they call me Tory Tom, they which do, yeah, I yeah. think is affectionate, but I'm not <laughs> sure. Because the, the banter thing up north is, you know, confusing. Because I always say to my wife, you know, because her family, they give me banter. And I yeah. think, does that, what does that mean? I don't think they like me. And she says, no, 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 they like you. And I say, well, what would they say if they didn't like me? So... <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm hoping one day if I hang around in Liverpool long enough, they'll adopt me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to think about it. I think that's a good way. I've been in Liverpool 31, 32 years now. Mm. Um, I came here to not to do anything as glamorous as the Eden Project. Um, I I joined, I did the university thing. Okay, and um, I came up. I chose Liverpool just because of the football team. That was it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not because of the course. Not because it was a great course. Just because I was a big Liverpool fan. Always have been. And um, came up, did the uni. I just literally become a Christian like six months before I came to university. Okay. Um, on a gap year over in the States. And so um, I was brand new to the whole Christian thing when I came to uni. And just loved it. You know, met uh, Dave Connolly, who mm. you, you Great guy. know really well. Great guy. Um, and yeah, he took me under his wing. Do you know Graham Jones? Yes. Uh, yeah, Graham's a yeah. good guy. We've had him in the bar. You've had, of good. course, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had him in the bar. Yeah, yeah. I need to get him on this podcast. Actually, you should do. Uh, get his because he's just such a great guy. Graham would come round the halls of residence um, to see me when I was at uni, and uh, you'll understand Graham when we get him on the podcast. But 
my my kids just call him Big Graham because he is he's a big fella. He's a big guy. And um he's 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 even all these years later, he still looks like a drug dealer, doesn't he? He's just never managed to sort of shake that, shake that. Because uh, he, ha he has what we can call it a checkered past, maybe. I think that's fair to say. I think A checkered that. past. And um, him and a guy called Chris, who also has a bit of a checkered past, uh, Chris Rice, would come round to my halls of residence. And there was a security guard at the front uh, who was supposed to just stop people wandering in and just like, who are you here to see and whatever. Never once would he stop them. Just... And they, for the longest time, they thought I was dealing drugs in the in the halls of residence. <laughs> they came up, to, they asked me once, said, are you doing drugs? I'm like, oh, no, they're from friends from church. And they're like, oh. <laughs> I love it. And so, so it, yeah, I, they sort of took me under their wing a little bit and discipled me in the ways of just craziness. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, yeah, that's how it's I ended good. up here. Yeah, good. long time ago. It's a great city. We, yeah, I, I love just, it. I can't. Is Emma I, from... She's she, local. She's from Netherton originally. Okay. So um, she, I can't imagine us leaving. It's just, we love it. We love it. Unless yeah. we get kicked out, we're staying. Before <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you need to do identity papers. That's yeah. what <laughs> so how did you, how did you become a Christian then? Because, mm. uh, I mean, to be fair, Tom, deciding to move up north mm. from the Tory south <laughs> <laughs> and, and live on an estate it's not the life goal of many people, right? Let's just be real. It's like, it's the complete opposite. You're doing the exact opposite, which is I'm going into an area of deprivation rather than trying to move out and up into the bigger and better houses all the time. Um, strikes me, I, I, I may imagine for a bunch of people, that sounds a little bit odd. So what's the driving force in some respects to that? What happened to you to mm. sort of, in terms of your own Christian journey to, to sort of bring that about? Yeah, well... I think my parents came to faith when they were in their late teens. Yeah. And um, my dad was in a motorbike gang. Like I've seen pictures. I've seen evidence of it. It's hard to believe. I need to see was... those pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think they're on Facebook, but they must be out there. I need to okay. get them into yeah, yeah. the digital world for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> but really he was should. part of a motorbike gang, um, came to faith very radically. And yeah. so um, for him, it was like, night and day like yeah, yeah. suddenly realized there was a god and was thought if there is a god i better do something about yeah, it yeah yeah and so for him he just went like he does in everything he went full on like yeah. full on into it and um you know so just my life has been kind of i've had the front row seat in my early years to seeing my dad just try to follow jesus and yeah. probably you know my mum as well just fantastic examples maybe not always get it right but just be really bold going yeah. for it so even when my mum was pregnant with me i think the church was looking to buy a building the church was growing you know loads of exciting things happening so they took an offering to um you know try and raise some funds to buy this building and so mum and dad both prayed you know about a figure of money to give yeah and um they both came up with exactly the same figure so they yeah. thought this like probably god we yeah. so yeah but they didn't have the money <laughs> they didn't they, <laughs> okay. like, god said oh yeah give this much and they're like thinking well we don't have that much god yeah. so they sold their house wow. to get the money wow. to give to the church. Then they rocked up and knocked on the pastor's door and said, we've got nowhere to live. <laughs> Can we come and stay with you? And, and as, like, as a minister now, I think, um, would I let those people in? <laughs> yeah. But thankfully... The minister did say come in. And so yeah. that was kind of, I was literally born into that kind of atmosphere yeah. and grew up seeing mum and dad just take steps of faith 
yeah. and seeing God meet them where they were. Yeah. And so that was my upbringing, really, and saw dad and mum. Uh, dad's ended up buying a massive circus tent and going out and sharing yeah. faith across Europe. He would pray for the sick. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus would move and heal people. And so mm -hmm. this is my upbringing, really. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. kind of was like, oh, okay. This God thing's real. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it felt, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I better, you know, I came to that place where I thought, well, I better do something about yeah. that then. And Fantastic. so that's what I've been trying to do, I guess, for the last, uh, you know, 20 years. And again, um, getting it wrong more often than right. But it's, I've seen the same, like that adventure, mm. that adventure that my dad, yeah. like my mum and dad have experienced. That's that a great word, actually. Thing. Adventure, that whole faith sort of stepping out, just taking the risk because you feel like God's told you to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a great life in a lot of ways. I mean, scary, but it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not always, as definitely not always gone to my plan, you know, mm. or how I thought it might end up. I guess moving to Liverpool was another one of those things. You know, yeah. we were in the South. We n didn't have really any plans to move back to Liverpool, even, um, you know, uh, even though Emma was based, was based in Liverpool, yeah. she grew up in Liverpool. We were, you know, really well settled. But we had we were a part of a local church, but we just felt God prodding us um, and felt like there was time for a move. And mm. so we had no idea where, but I handed mm. in my notice and the role that I was doing and just kind of thought, well, we're ready. Like when God says, yeah, yeah. you sat there yeah, yeah. thinking, well, say something then, God. <laughs> and finally, we came across the work of um, the Eden Network. Yeah. And so this idea of um, partnering with churches on estates to mm. um, move there long term to make make home and and love the people there yeah. and and so we we just something within our spirit like ugh, strange way to term get term to use but just something within us just like wow that's yeah. it yeah and excitement so we were almost like sign us up yeah where, where are we going yeah, yeah so we went to the website and looked and top of the list was Netherton. Netherton. In North Liverpool, where my wife was uh, born, where she was raised, yeah. the church they were partnering with was a church uh, her parents got married in. Yeah. And so your jaw hits the floor <laughs> and we were just like, no, no way, no way. And um, do you know what? God doesn't always speak that clearly, but when he does, <laughs> you better listen. <laughs> you better listen. Yeah, just pack up the car and go, man. Yeah. <laughs> And so that was us. So we, wow. um, yeah, we mo we moved up, and um, it's just been a joy. Yeah, it's been a joy. I think rather arrogantly we thought, oh, we're coming to you know to you know oh, like as if we've got Jesus in the boot of our cars, or we're yeah. coming to do something amazing. Do you know what we have been so blessed, way beyond what we've given mm. in it by our community, by the people right. who live there. Sure, like you know, statistics don't tell a story, do they? You mm. know, they they tell one story, but the people there are beautiful, lovely mm. people who have loved us and cared for us in the ups yeah. and downs of life. And do you know what? If we've blessed them as well, I um, would be overjoyed by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, uh, it's yeah, we, we're ten years in. It's been beautiful. It's been brutal. <laughs> it's been ups and downs. Yeah. It's been walking with people and loving them the best we can mm. and having them love us. And what a joy. So did you have any expectations when you, I mean, you, you, you said that you kind of came with Jesus in the boot, but yeah. um, you're moving into an estate in Netherton mm. and you, you've been there 10 years now. Can you look back to your sort of 10 year younger self and go, mm. well, you got that right and you got that wrong? Yeah, I think... I think we've got a lot wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think we, um, I think when we first came, we maybe had expectations that everyone would start coming along to church. Yeah. Everyone would fit my picture of what a Christian looked like. Yeah. Or, you know, and I, I was quite closed minded, if I'm honest, right. um, about what that could be. And what I've, and what I've found is that faith, that Jesus is very present on my, on my estate. Yeah. Netherton. He's very present in yeah. beautiful ways. He mm. turns up in all sorts of places mm. that surprise me that yeah. have nothing to do with me. Yeah. And he's there at work. And um, I think what has also surprised me is that people are just people's faith. People have faith. There is a mm. real openness to faith. People can look in their life and see that, you know, whether what name they put to it, yeah. what they think about that. Mm. that there's some kind of other force and that mm. i was just met, i've met that time and time again like I, mm. you know and jesus did that all the time didn't he and i'm not putting my, myself in the place of jesus <laughs> at all but he would just go around and find yeah. great faith wouldn't he yeah he would in the unexpected yeah. places he'd go yeah. and you know us as church we think oh we've got all the faith we've got a commodity on faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah but actually jesus was going out with people that weren't the the people that he, you know, yeah. should have been finding faith. Could I yeah. find, he said, can I find faith, you know, yeah. in Israel where I thought I'd find it, but he finds it in the Roman centurion. centurion he yeah, finds yeah. it in all sorts of surprising, well, surprising places to me, but not to yeah. him. And so um, that's, that's what we found. And we've seen, we have um, seen people come and become part of the church and become mm. part of the community and church looks beautiful i say it's the best church i've ever been in yeah and that's nothing to do with me <laughs> it's a bit to do with alan alan's yeah. good He's yeah alan's good. good um but it is beautiful because people feel welcome in mm. any way they they want um mm. you know in, in any way they come they yeah feel welcome they don't feel judged and I, I i saw something on social media when i was doom scrolling the other day and i'll totally butcher this quote now but it was philip yancey and he was talking about a guy who was um an, alco uh, an alcoholic battling with uh, alcohol addiction. Yeah. And he said when he goes to church and he's late, he feels like people look at him and judge him mm. and say, you know, kind of think, well, what have you been up to? You know, have you fallen mm. off the wagon? But equally said when he goes to Alcoholics Anonymous and he's late, he says they stop the meeting and they come and they embrace him wow. and they welcome him. Yeah. And they know that he almost didn't make it. Yeah. And I'm, so blessed that That's i really, feel yeah. i can relate more to the our church can relate more to the alcoholics anonymous yeah. situation yeah. than maybe that experience of church and i get yeah. it that is a lot is yeah. often people's experience of church but you know it's it's messy yeah. it's people are walking in late they're just saying hello as they arrive we yeah. chat we have people up on on a sofa on the stage yeah. and they come and share you know share what's been going on in their yeah. lives we open the scripture together we pray mm. so it's 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 wonderful fantastic it's wonderful fantastic I've heard a lot about the couch, the couch on the stage. Yes, that's it. It's a big talking point. It's like you're a church with a couch on the stage. Oh, like, cool. Yeah. yeah, well, it is, yeah. And it, we thought, to be honest, that was just for lockdown. Like we, yeah. um, you know, during lockdown, uh, I just thought, I said to Alan, we should do something online, you know, and Alan was just like, no. <laughs> he said, it's going to be cheesy and Christian and terrible and uh, we're rubbish at technology. And I thought, you know, talk for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but we had... Um, I've watched we, a YouTube video. I know what I'm it. doing. Come on. <laughs> How hard can it be? That's my... Exactly. Uh, that's Matt can do it. Anyone can yeah. do it. 
<laughs> and so we had a guy, um, a young lad at the back who'd been coming to church off the estate for years. It yeah. turns out he's an expert technology, does Guitar Hero videos you okay. go online nonstop. Yeah. So I kind of said, oh, could you help us? And yeah. He was like, yeah, of course, I've been doing this for years. So yeah. Um, me, him, and Alan would uh, do this live streaming thing on the, and we, we wanted a sofa because we wanted to be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to stand up. Yeah, I just so, want to sit down and chat. So, um, Alan, you know, Alan's a bit of an introvert. So he says lockdown was the time of his life. <laughs> Didn't see any people, no one in church. You know, he could just talk to him through a camera. But, yeah. um, He's, he's half jesting, I think. Oh, but we, um, yeah. on Britain's Got Talent as well, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Some introvert. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, that's it. Semi-final, Britain's Got Talent. Um, go and watch the video. First yeah. one, he was cracking. The second one was a bit of a... Uh, <laughs> he split the audience, to be fair. Did he? he? Split the judges. I think he was talking uh, He was talking about a funeral. Um, he's very good that's at right. funerals, yeah. Alan. Be yeah. Does them beautifully. Like, And we, you know, just get, you know, some... Yeah. Funerals where people can come and share and and mm. and talk about their loved ones in beautiful ways, get the opportunity to do that. But Alan does a great job, but he's had a fair few funny occurrences in funerals, including <laughs> you know things like people going out of the you know the coffin being carried out to highway to hell, you know, yeah. things like that. You know, stuff that wouldn't necessarily happen in a normal way. in a normal way, yeah, in yeah, a normal okay. way. But yeah, but so he, to Alan, it's it's just one of those things that happens. Yeah, for him, yeah. it's normal. So he joke he made some jokes about that on Britain's Got Talent, which um, during a pandemic maybe wasn't <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the time to do it. And I felt bad because I kind of encouraged him. Oh, in that it, way. Yeah. I thought it's going to be this beautiful moment totally, yeah. where he would bring some healing to the nation. You know, who was struggling and lo <laughs> you know a lot of people losing loved ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it turns out I just spent a long time. Um, answering all the complaint letters. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew people still wrote letters and put stamps on them. But oh, they, they do. do. Yeah, they, they do. do. We have, um, I was telling someone yesterday, we have this e-commerce company. Uh, that's my day job is mm. online sales. And um, we still get people sending letters in with a check. Wow. Yeah, send me this product. Here's the check for it. Figure no one, way. the check is entirely wrong. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> oh dear oh dear and yeah. so we just i think they do it deliberately because i'm just part of the time i was like let's send them the product i don't yeah the send that anyway it's not worth the yeah. fair. don't all start sending me letters that's it that's product. it that's how you get free <laughs> <stamps>. <laughs> price of a stamp i can get all these vitamins <laughs> it's just the way it works yeah now i realize actually there's a i i didn't realize this till the other day using the banking app on your phone you can take a picture if anyone sends you a check oh you can send you can use the app take a photo of it and it pays it straight into your account game changer that Genius. It's a game changer. Why did we not do that? So I'll just start taking photos of the checks now. So I will cash them. <laughs> <laughs> not if I sign it, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> no, I'm still going to cash them. I'll still try. Did you ever do that when you were younger? Just do, I don't know if you're... When I was younger and I got my first checkbook, I would sign all kinds of random things. Luke Skywalker, Mickey Mouse, all that kind of stuff. They all got through. Really? Yeah. That yeah. all works. Yeah, no one ever... This was back, I mean, to be fair, you know, me and Noah used to hang out. I've been around a little while. <laughs> and it's um, it's one of those where, yeah, when writing checks, just having a laugh. I, there used to be in the, I, I never tried it. Part of one of the things, maybe one of my biggest regrets in life um, was never writing a check for a million quid just to see if it would actually go through. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie, Catch Me If You Can. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe we could do this with, let's get your camera out. Let's, <laughs> let's try scanning the check, see what happens. If, if this Emmanuel Baptist Church, out, this episode is going to be used in the court of law as evidence. Yeah, me and you are going to be in Mexico somewhere. 
<laughs> he said, At least we'll be wealthy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. He said he wanted to stay in Liverpool forever. And there he is living it up in Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> so cheap. Uh, <laughs> so you've been doing um, Eden then for 10 years. You've got the church, the couch on the stage because mm. uh, you want to be comfortable. Mm. Um, <laughs> you're just going to keep doing that, which I, th- I think is awesome. Um, you don't want to move. But like you said, it's it's been both beautiful and brutal. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the challenges then that you guys have faced. Yeah. Um, that you know, sort of God's helped you overcome. What what are some of the big big rocks? The challenges. I, I mean, I'm I, I just it, love spending time with people, and so I think the challenges for me. I'm not like if we do projects for me, it's always about getting to know people through those projects like i'm not a fan of a project for a sake of a project so all the things we've tried to do have just been like opportunities for us to get to know people and uh get to spend time with them and so i think the greatest challenges and the greatest joy have been with those people you Mm. know with those people where um greatest joys where we've seen god move in their lives whether they'd call it god or not Mm. whether where we've seen people um come out of addiction, you know, come out mm. of um, depression, come into community, into mm. life. Those are the greatest joys. But I think also no one's journey is ever linear. And so some of no. the greatest pain yeah. is where people fall off the wagon mm. again or mm. people uh, have breakdowns in their relationships or friendships. And it's painful. It's yeah. super painful. And I think part of the church gig and part of the jesus gig is to have an open heart to people but Mm. often uh but then that hurts that Mm. hurts when it Mm. goes wrong or when i get it wrong yeah i've i try you know try in my wisdom to do something that i think is a good thing and i Mm. get it wrong and Mm. i hurt someone else and those are the things that will keep you up at night yeah those are the things you'll struggle with um but i think you know in the bible it talks about one of my favorite passages of scripture is where Jesus, and this comes throughout throughout Scripture, this heart that Jesus has for people who are struggling. Yeah, for people who are struggling, and it says in the Bible, um, Jesus actually says, if you if you do something to the least of the, you know people, people who are struggling, yeah. basically, yeah. if you if you look after people, then you're doing it to me. Mm. You know, yeah. there's that. He, he Jesus says, I so care about people who have having it crappy in life mm. that if you serve those people or love those people or go out you know whatever you know Mm. you could have a go then you're doing it to me and that that experience of meeting Mm. i've had that that experience of where meeting jesus in the faces of the people we get to journey yeah life with yeah and what a privilege you know what an absolute privilege Mm. and um beautiful places that you find him at work and doing stuff but also and what i love about christian faith is that you find him in the pain as well. Mm. And sometimes he's not, sometimes I think, well, why isn't he sort just sorting this pain out and yeah, sorting yeah. the problem out? Yeah. And that doesn't always happen. Often it doesn't happen, but he's there in the, in the pain, in mm. the struggle. He's been there in my pain and in, in my struggles. Mm. And so often, and it's horrible and weird. You often find God really present when you're struggling and yeah. I don't, it wouldn't be like my recommendation <laughs> for people. Like, do I don't, I, how do I meet Jesus? Just go find yeah, some pain. You'll be go fine. And find yeah. some pain, but oh my words, um, he's present there. Yeah. 
And so we've had moments where, yeah, where we've got it wrong or relationships have broken down with people who are, you know, I would consider family. Mm. And some of those relationships haven't yet been restored. And, mm. I, you know, hope one day they, they might be. But mm. um, those those have hurt and those do hurt. And yeah. I think we've had to make a choice at times. And I think we all have to make choices around, you know, actually Dave Connolly gave me some advice once when... Um, it had all gone pear shape on the, one of the multiple occasions. <laughs> I'd, I'd made a mess again. God's just like, well, again? Like, okay. I know you're supposed to be full of grace, but this... <laughs> Dude, and, you're testing uh, me right that's now. That's yeah. it. And I honestly thought we were going to have to move. We were mm. going to have to move away. And um, that may... And, um, and no, we, you know, it wasn't right to do that. We needed to, to dig in and stay where we were. But, mm. uh, you know, Dave said to me, you've got to be... You know, you're not moving physically... But you've got to be careful you don't move in your heart. Yeah. You know, you put up the barriers, you put yeah, up yeah. The, the walls. Yeah. And um, actually, I found that in that season when I was most broken, you know, those people who I thought I was coming to love and serve, that was the season when they loved and served me. Yeah. When I had nothing to offer. Yeah. And uh, I just saw, I just received mm. Jesus mm. in their midst mm. and mm. Um, just a joy. Yeah, just a joy. So, um, yeah. So that's been uh, that's been my experience, and and in those challenges, uh, there's no easy answers, is there? There's no. no easy answers. There's no quick wins. There's no three point sermons. No, beginning all beginning with the letter P. There's definitely no Instagram quote that's going to help. There's you. not. There's not. But there's um, there's people, people, yeah. Yeah. and you get, gathering together, journeying together, and 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 believing in faith that jesus will meet you in the midst yeah. of that pain and yeah. struggle yeah and That's he does powerful. he does he does every time every yeah. time you're right it's um it's an it's it's one of those eye-opening things isn't it about the christian faith that actually quite often it's in those massive moments of pains that you have the biggest encounters of, of mm. christ really mm. um and we see that in the gospels don't we mm. just people just at the end of something and they have a radical encounter with Jesus. And it's the people that think they've got it all together that sort of Jesus walks past quite mm. a lot sometimes because they're all sorted. Mm. And uh, and actually it's when we're, I think we're in an age now, Tom, I don't know if you, if you think the same, but I, it feels like we're in an age now where we don't accept any real responsibility for our actions. We we label ourselves as victims, right? The whole move of it's not my fault, it's your fault because of the way you did this or, the mm. you know, society does this or they treat me like this. I'm not wrong. Everybody else is wrong. Society mm -hmm. is wrong. But it's in, that, it's in that ability to look at yourself and say, hang on a minute. It's not all right, is it? To, to, to be able to look at you and go, yeah, and accept that brokenness, um, which is probably not a popular word mm. in, a, in a lot of ways. That's when you meet Jesus. Mm. Just it's just what happens. It's when we put the pride aside, for sure. And I don't know what it is in human instinct that feels like we res we just in terms of faith and coming mm. into you know to, to a church or you know deciding to explore faith. There's again and again this feeling that we have to be sorted in yeah. order to do that. Yeah, and it's it just never going to happen it's no. never going it's never going to well, a million years i speak for myself but it's, it's <laughs> no, not, no, it speaks for me as well that's fine <laughs> but it's just not going to happen yeah. that way it's like it's like a someone who needs an operation they need a life-saving procedure but they feel like they have to get healthy enough before they bring their life to the surgeon to do it do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no it's exactly uh, right uh, i think that's what 
is is tricky, but that, and I think at times those of us who call ourselves Christians and look to follow Jesus, we get wrong. We don't extend that offer of grace, you know, yeah. either through words or actions or the way we treat people when they come into our building, yeah. which by, by, you know, by the way, if you come into a church building nowadays and you're not from a church background, God bless you. Like yeah. that's a terrifying yeah, yeah, thing yeah. to do yeah, culturally. Yeah. And so if you've made that move and mm. managed to overcome that, um, yeah. coming into a totally different culture to yeah. you, then God bless you. I hope you find yourself a good church there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, if you, you know, that's the thing we need to be, we need to be welcoming people. We need to be, yeah. um, for them to find that, yeah. that same God yeah. who we claim yeah, to yeah. worship and yeah. serve. And, you know, yeah. and throughout the Bible, it seems from my understanding, when I look at it again and again, you know, the Bible talks about us as being God's children. Mm. And, you know, it also says that God doesn't show favorites, mm. but I, I look in the Bible and he seems to like our favorites and it seems to be anyone who's struggling. Do you know, do you know, me and Dave Connolly used to have this constant banter about who was God's favorite. <laughs> constant banter. And so he would I'm say, I'm guessing you thought it was you, man. Dave thought it, it was him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good guess. And so, I mean, I, I was playful. Let me just clarify before you start writing letters to me, um, asking for your free supplement and telling me my theology is wrong. <laughs> but um, we used to sort of playful, so Dave would say things like, well, how are you doing? I'd say, Dave, I'm, you've got to be doing all right when you're God's favourite. Just mm. the, way, just the <laughs> way it's got to be. Right? Yeah. And he would say, well, I don't, how would you know? Because I'm God's favourite. And I'd go, you are deceived beyond all levels of deception. <laughs> it's totally and we would just have this banter and it was just yeah. very playful back and forth. Well, the, 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 the scripture seems to say God's favourite again and again. God has no favourites, but his favourites seem to be those struggling, those yeah. people on the edges. And I thought about this and wondered, because I've got three children yeah. and I've, not got, got a favourite. <laughs> Which one's your favourite? I'm just saying because they do watch. They watch Wednesday Night at Finnegan's, so I have to be careful. They will watch this and they will batter me with it if I say something <laughs> inappropriate or wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, they, yeah. so I've got three children. I haven't got a favourite, but you know what? The one that is often on my mind, mm. or who I'm praying for, mm. or I'm looking to spend time with, mm. is the one who's struggling. Yeah, the one so who's. True getting bullied at school yeah. or the one who's going through a tough time with their mates. And they're the ones on my heart, on my mind, in my mm. thoughts. And I think that's what God's like. His yeah. favorites are those yeah. who are struggling, who are yeah. on the, on the edge, who are finding it difficult. Mm. And they're the ones that are on his mind. And actually as a church, you know, mm. if we're thinking ourselves as a church, we want to reflect, you know, mm. the church, you know, Jesus, uh, started the church. He's the son of God. He's, you know, we're, we're called the body of Christ. We're supposed mm. to be the body. Mm. You know, we're mm. supposed to be doing things as Jesus would have done. And if yeah. we're going to do that, then we really need to make sure that yeah, yeah. people, if they, if they come around a Christian or they build up the confidence to step foot in the church, my words, we've got to yeah. welcome them yeah. in that, the way that Christ, you know, absolutely. has welcomed us. No, absolutely. Mic drop moment there. I think I totally agree. And I think, and it doesn't matter if they're 10 minutes late. Oh, it's like, sure. we still rejoice. And I'm I, normally 10 minutes late, to be honest. <laughs> they can't start the service till I get there. <laughs> so they clap you as you come in. Well, uh, they don't clap. <laughs> throw things at you. Tomatoes. Uh, but no, it's totally right. I, there's a, a phrase that I heard once at Bible school, always stuck with me, that so often as Christians, we try and clean the fish before we catch it. Right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it's yeah. that. I remember... Um, because with crowd church, we obviously get a lot of people connecting with us that don't go into the church building to share. Mm, mm. It's much easier to get involved mm. with something online. Um, and you get asked questions. You know, people text in, um, well, WhatsApp, uh, or they'll email in their questions, uh, you know. Um, 
And I'm always intrigued by what people ask who haven't got really any Christian background about mm. what it is to belong in church. Because if they're thinking that, there's a thousand other people which are thinking that, right? Yeah. And we had one lady contact us and said, um, really want to be, I think I really want to become a Christian. I've been going, we have an online Alpha course. I've been going through some of the stuff on Alpha. She's great. This is a bit of my background. But she's like, well, my partner and I live together. Mm. We have a kid. He doesn't particularly want to get married. So does that stop me becoming a Christian? And so it's really interesting, isn't it? And you, you kind of go, well, how do you answer this question? You go, well, I don't need to clean the fish before we catch it. Mm. You know, and in fact, I don't need to clean the fish. That's the Holy Spirit's job right there. Mm. Just you have at it, the Holy Spirit. And so, um, and I think the problem is that sometimes as church leaders, we, we, we tend to go, well, before you can come to church, you've got to either marry them or end mm. the relationship or do mm. this and the other. And I just, there's a lot of gray in, in that whole, it's not actually black and white. There's a lot of gray. And I think you're right. I think just being welcoming, mm. just going, no, no, there's grace. Come on in, you know. And I think I came across um, a way of thinking about this, which I found really helpful for me. And it was it pictured Christianity as I, in two, two different ways. And so mm. firstly, it was either this like, um, this boundary that you have to cross in order to be a Christian. And so that boundary could be, you know, saying a prayer, mm. it could be getting baptized, it could be your life looks tidy and you mm. behave yourself. You know, mm. um, I've never achieved that, but <laughs> but that's there's a bar that's that that's the barrier to entry. Yeah. And if once you and different churches will have different barriers, but once yeah. you cross that, you know, you pass that test, <laughs> that barrier you're yeah. in. Yeah. Whereas um I've heard you know, the second example of what it could be like to follow in Jesus is that. Jesus is at the center of a circle mm. and we're all at different distances from him. Yeah. But it's more about which way we're facing. Yeah. You know, are we facing towards so Christ? True. And so you yeah. could have someone super close to Jesus. They've been a Christian their whole life, mm. born in the church, you know, mm. and all that. And so if they started to, I don't know, if they said like a, a swear word or something, you might be like, oh, crikey, what's mm. going on here? You know, yeah. um, you know, might better check and see if they're okay. But you'll yeah. get people who... And maybe, you know, haven't just exploring what Christianity means, have maybe started to make that half turn towards mm. Jesus. Mm. And maybe they're still doing drugs. Maybe their life doesn't look, you know, whatever, mm. whatever that thing might be, yeah. you know, that unhelpful behavior that mm. they're having. But they're moving towards Christ. Yeah. They're moving towards Him. And actually, yeah. it's got to be His responsibility yeah. to change us. Like, yeah. that's, the, that's the gospel that. Mm. I'm saying I can't do it. Yeah. I've broken every New Year's resolution I've ever made, <laughs> and I've done it within the first week of January, and, <laughs> and we're there again. And I can't change myself. Yeah. I can't change myself. Yeah. And thank God, yeah. He doesn't expect me to. Yeah, you know, it is that, like you say, it's that coming, turning towards God. Yeah, just making that half turn. And the Scripture talks about the prodigal son, just my favorite. Yeah, parable. yeah, great and, story. And like, what the joy of it is is that. You know, the, the person who's returning home, you know, after having gone away, asking for all his dad's money, yeah. you know, while he's still alive. Like, um, I, I can't imagine trying that with my dad. Some of that <laughs> mo motorcycle gang <laughs> culture will come back out in him again. Hey, but he's asked for all of his dad's if money. If you're going to do it, let's do it on video. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him to send me a check. <laughs> And so the dad, um, yeah, you know, he's took all his dad's, half his dad's money. He's taken his inheritance early. He's gone and wasted it, crazy living. He's realized he's a mistake going mm. back to the, the father. 
and he's you know making his apologies in his head getting ready to be a servant in yeah. his dad's home and you know the scripture says that and the father runs out to meet yeah, him yeah. and yeah. and embraces him you know before the yeah. son can even yeah. get a word of the apology out it's yeah. like bear hug yeah lift him and off his feet and what yeah. does that tell me about god it tells me that we you know god's we worship a god who scans the horizon yeah looking yeah. for those signs yeah. of people coming home yeah and they don't have to have sorted it all out mm -hmm. they don't have to have made it all right mm -hmm. but he welcomes them home anyway yeah, yeah. and so god what if the church looked a little bit more like that hey it'd be amazing wouldn't it? it would be it it'd would be totally be. amazing and there's some fantastic churches i don't mean i'm not beating up on the church i love the church you know and our you know our church is i, I say it's the best church like you know a little bit tongue-in-cheek um, but it, you know it, we make mistakes as well but um you know i there's a lot of beautiful christians out there good-hearted mm. people who are who are doing this stuff yeah and sometimes as a church it's just trying to better reflect that as yeah, yeah it is yeah it is and yeah totally i, I look and i love that story that idea of the prodigal son you know before he gets a chance to apologize there's the grace mm. which, i mean grace always comes first and the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance, mm. which is, in other words, if you need to turn your life around, just start looking at the goodness of God, right? Mm. And whenever you look at the goodness of God, things things in life change. And I think that's still true for me now, even 30 years mm. into my Christian journey, you know, and it's so powerful. It's not the checklist that leads to change. It's not the self-help that leads to change. It's not the motivational speech, you know, it's... Yep. It's the goodness of God. And sometimes we try those things, don't we, as the church? We we nick a bit of culture, you know, so we try to be a bit self-helpy or yeah. we try to, you know, uh, you know, communicate in a way that the cool, you know, communicators are doing it or look yeah. hip and trendy, which is just something I've, you know, will not surprise you. I've never been able to. <laughs> I've tried it. Oh, you've tried I've it? I've tried it. Often I'll do that. I'll come downstairs <laughs> and something I'm wearing that I think is hip and trendy and Emma will say, go back upstairs. <laughs> Do you know what my wife said to me the other day? I was wearing uh, an interesting outfit. Okay. Is always one way to describe it. I had I had these pajama bottoms on, which have got Goonies prints on, because I'm a big Goonies fan. <laughs> nice. But I won't bore yeah. you with the story, but I'm a big Goonies fan. And I had on my, um, I have a, I have one of those sort of dry robe things that, you, you know, you're changing at the beach, but it keeps oh, you super yeah. warm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that. I've had one of those for a few years, and, and we've, We've got a bench in our back garden. Quite often in winter, I'll put that on, go sit outside and read and just pray, and it's just lovely. And so I came down with my hair just disheveled, and I had my my overcoat on, and I had my very goony pajama bottoms. <laughs> and Sharon just looked at me and said, I don't have anything to worry about, do I? <laughs> You're in this for life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said to her, what? Do you not think I'm an attractive person? Yeah. She went... If I close my eyes, you're an attractive person. <laughs> Emma took away my buying clothes privileges. I'm not going to do that anymore. She does that for me. So, you know, that's what... Uh, oh, well, that's maybe that's the next happens. step. I've still managed to buy my own clothes, usually. Okay. Yeah. What I'm not allowed to do is buy Sharon's clothes. Well, yeah, that's that goes without saying. I did it the first, the first year we were together. Um, Christmas present, I thought I'd buy some clothes. I'd never made that mistake again. She didn't want Goonie pajamas. <laughs> just didn't want it, mate. <laughs> so I was trying to force her to wear them. Yeah. <laughs> She's just not interested. I'll keep trying. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. You know, but, um, yeah, never mind. Never mind. So, yeah, no, it's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. But you're right. I think if the church looked like that, if it actually focused 
a, fr- a good friend of mine called Rich Rising. He he's um, he lives in Dallas, Texas. One of the most amazing people on the planet. Love the bones off the fella, and he's he's actually a church consultant. I don't know what his official title is, but he helps churches grow. It's mm. what he does. It's his job. Um, and one of the things that he absolutely drives home at a million miles an hour. Um, if you want any kind of growth in your churches, you've got to think about the one and not the 99. Wow. And it's such a powerful, and again, if you're not familiar with scripture, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus talks about a shepherd, doesn't he, with a bunch Mm. of sheep. And he says, you've got 99 sheep in just grazing, just all happy, just all safe, protected. But one of them wanders off. He says, what do you do? And he's he's like, uh, the good shepherd goes and gets the Mm-hmm. One sheep goes, hunts it down, puts it on his shoulder and brings it back to the safety of the pen. And um, I think if church was actually thinking about those that are outside of it, mm. um, Nick Harding used to say, uh, and again, Nick's been on crowd. He's, uh, I think we've done a What's the Story with Nick as well. He He's one of the founding pastors of Frontline with Dave Conn. He always used to say, and it always stuck with me, the church is the only organization that exists for its non-members. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you kind of, and you think, well, actually, yeah, if we, if we really understood what that meant, again, how different would the church be? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And just, again, not beating up on the church because I, I still think it's still the hope of the world, isn't it? The church in a lot of ways, for sure. And I, and, and I think the the most, and we're we're not, we're never going to get it right, are we? We're never going to be. It's like a, we're doing our best. Mm. God bless us, please. But it's we're never going to get it right. And so yeah, it's uh, we, but. You know, what we're aiming for, you know, the New mm. Testament scripture, when they start to try and work out what is this community of mm. people who say they follow this guy, Jesus, yeah. like, what? how do we, what is this? What yeah. does this look yeah. like? The The analogy they often reach for is one of family. Mm. They talk about us being the family of a God, of yeah. us being adopted, God's yeah. adopted children, of us being brothers and sisters yeah. and fathers and mothers. And that is, I think, what, what yeah. the world's looking for. Yeah. They're not... In a know, heartbeat. Yeah, they're not looking for another club to join. They've mm. got enough of those to do, you know, enough mm. big play. I've got enough places to take the kids. I don't need another club to join. I need a family to belong to. Yeah. That's what people need. Yeah. And families come in all shapes and sizes. You've got the weird uncle, you know, at Christmas. <laughs> You just, you've just got you've just got, got one yeah yeah none of my uncles obviously but yeah. all, all, all mine all mine I'd but say, every yeah. family's a little bit misshapen isn't it and yeah. that's the family of god um mm. it's uh, misshapen um you know we come in all different sizes and mm. shapes but uh you know god says how great the love of god yeah that he's lavished on us that we could be called his children yeah because that's what we are yeah and that's it it's the, that adoption yeah into god's family we've yeah. been chosen yeah. And so that's what, when we get it right, and it does happen, that's that's it at its best, isn't yeah. it? That's the church at its best. No, totally. And that's actually one of the things that we all strive for, is this is what we want to build. Mm. This is what I think. When we go to bed at night and people say, why do you do what you do? Because I think in some ways it's a thankless task. You kinda, you've kind of you got this picture in your mind of actually you, you understand what it could be mm. and what a difference it can make to people's mm. lives. And you're kind of like, that's what I'm, I'm sold out for in a lot of ways. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That's no, powerful. What is it you do with the Eden project? Let's get to the yeah. bottom of that. That's what you, they're wondering to an as estate. well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I moved into this estate ten years ago, but yeah. on a day-to-day basis, what is it you actually do? So it can it looks different for 
all different teams in different locations as it should because no one place is the same is it that's all mm. different i think often eden teams will have a focus on youth work to start with because i think it's a it's a perceived and real need in many yeah. communities it's that, yeah. that sense of love for the next generation like where what are our young people able to do what you know can there be a safe place for them to yeah. go to and so we started there and with youth work we had some great times craziness craziness <laughs> where young people like to push boundaries don't they and so we had yeah. all sorts of fun and games yeah. you know uh, remember playing dodgeball and one of the kids set the balls on fire <laughs> I gotta tell you, you try very hard to win dodgeball when, <laughs> when it's on fire. On fire. <laughs> no doubt. Um, no so doubt. we've done that. We've done parents and toddlers thing. We've got this uh, pantry community grocery at the moment. We've done yeah, you know, all sorts. We've done alpha mm. courses. We've done just whatever you know, whatever mm. we thought might bless people or, or yeah. help help you know give them a hand or give us yeah. opportunity to get to know them. So it's yeah. nothing but it's you know i think what paul says in one of the his, his letters he says you know we loved you so much that we shared not only the gospel with you but our lives as well yeah and that's what i find people want yeah, yeah. they don't just want to hear your words and the gospel yeah. you know whatever however well you can present it you know yeah. uh, whatever way you can describe it um they don't just want that they want your life as well they want to yeah. see they want to get around your life they want to see you know and yeah. um often you know, God shines through, like we've already talked, not in those mm. moments where, you know, um, me and Emma can put on a, a front where it looks mm. like we're a perfect marriage, but in those moments where people see me and Emma kick off at one another. But <laughs> I yours? can't believe that ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> you better believe it. But they always, you know, they see, yeah. I find people can see it more in those yeah. kind of moments when they then, you know, I realize I'm in the wrong and I go and apologize. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I choose, you know, we choose each other. We yeah. choose to love one yeah. another, even though yeah. on the estate, you know, our neighbors know we've been screaming at each other. Yeah. They know we've been screaming at the kids because the, you know, the walls yeah. are that thin. Yeah. And uh, we we live, you know, so that, that's for me as has been those, those, those moments. It's not yeah. just the activities we do, you know, any number of activities, you know, can obviously serve a physical need. Mm. But I guess at, I, you know, my belief is that all those physical needs or mm. difficulties or brokenness that people have ultimately stem back to yeah. a spiritual need yeah. of a relationship with yeah. their father yeah. and that all of those other things flow yeah. from, including in my life, um, those brokenness, uh, you know, it, it comes from where I don't have a mm. right relationship with God in aspects of my yeah. life. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we've done over mm. those, those 10 years. Mm. And, um, you know, I found... That work, you know, being part it's being part of the Eden network, you know, mm. it's it's just a network of other people who are trying to do the same. And so yeah. when it goes wrong, you can cheer one another on. You can yeah. you know, people can say, well, I did that, it didn't work. Why don't you try mm. this instead? And you've got that kind of camaraderie yeah. in which it, is which lovely. is so valuable yeah, yeah. and precious. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I, that's what we found. That's what we found while we've while we've been there. That um, often. Also, interestingly, and I, I, share, I do share this, is often what we've also found is that it's when we've tried to do something to bless the community, and so we think, oh, here we are, the church, we're going to do something to the community, you know, mm. aren't we great or whatever, you know, or like we're trying yeah. to make a difference. Often what we've found, you know, community are often always do, already doing these great things. Maybe yeah. we should come and join in with them and what yeah. they're already doing, yeah. or actually, if we do nail our colors to the mast and see a need that's maybe not being met, you know, 
we get people, you know, rather than sometimes people coming to access that provision, we get loads of people who want to come and say, oh, I want to join in with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that problem yeah. as well. I want to help out. Yeah. And, you know, I think early days we thought, oh, well, hang on, you know, do we need to check? Are you like, are you a Christian? Like, what's going on yeah. here? Like, I, they, I, I don't know. There's yeah. my theology on this right and, now. Like, some churches might be like, well, you can't give that person, that person can't serve tea and coffee. They've not known, they're not a Christian. They've not, you know, said the prayer or whatever it might be. Whereas yeah. what we've done is we've, we've just let people crack on and get yeah. involved and we've joined them. And actually, we found that that's been a great way for people to, to yeah, yeah. come to faith. Yeah. That actually, as they join in with yeah. something, you know, that God's already at work in and doing yeah. it as well. Yeah, they yeah. join in. Yeah. They realize they come across God in, yeah. in the, in the, on the journey. Yeah. Because he, he's, that's the kind of thing he's doing already yeah. in the community. And actually often people come to faith and they go, ah, oh, do you know what? God's always been there with yeah. me. You know, I didn't, mm. I can't see it until now, but if I look back through my life, you know, I have mm. met God at various different points. Yeah. And, um, I think that's been, again, that's been our experience and super, yeah. super helpful for me. No, it's super powerful as well because you, what it sounds like listening to you talk, Tom, is none of what you're doing, and I mean this with all due respect, mm. obviously, <laughs> none of what you're doing is rocket science. No, not at all. You don't need any specialist qualifications. You just need a heart for people by the sounds of things mm. and actually a willingness to trust the people around you. Mm. Um, but it, I'm always amazed when, churches are like that when it's like well you can't really serve because you're not really a believer it's like it's a bit like going to a gym and looking at a pt mm. and watching him do all the exercise and i can't i can't do it yet mm. i can't mm. well, can i do that little bit over there oh well, no 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 because you've got to do this this and this and then you'll be able to do everything yeah <laughs> kind of like it just doesn't make sense does it no and, but getting involved a little bit is a way to get people involved a lot mm. yeah um Really? My, my dad can do everything you know my dad's like super human like hero he could do everything like uh yeah build he can build he can do electricity mm. electric electrics he can do plumbing he can do all those different things and so i grew up you know watching him do it mm. and but felt a bit inferior and so didn't have a go and so mm. never picked up any of those skills mm. and um you know now that i'm building the extension and he's got a help <laughs> he's really regretting that. he's really wishing that i'd <laughs> taken a yeah, bit yeah. more initiative or he yeah. allowed me to get it wrong but in the, you know it's in that process like you say of having a go and i mm. always remember that a mate of mine um his son he's building an extension he's very practical he's like my dad's yeah. superhero style and his son you know, who was like four or whatever at the time, you know, he wanted to be involved in this, yeah. this extension as well. Yeah. And so he would, um, they bought him, you know, like a little wheelbarrow. Yeah, yeah. And so um, my mate was going into his garden, shoveling soil, yeah. bringing it around the front and his little son yeah. would take his little wheelbarrow and same. would be trying to do the so same. Cool. Do you yeah. know what? Sometimes the, the, the little boy Harvey, yeah. he would be carrying the soil in the wrong direction. And so <laughs> that's trying to get the soil from there to there. And Harvey's trying to get the soil back the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know, Ian was like said to me at one point, he says, you know, I'm not sure, like the net, he's not helping <laughs> in any way. Maybe a little bit at best, but probably at most hindering. But yeah. there was something about joining in the work yeah. of his father and his yeah. dad yeah. that was so precious. Yeah. It brought the son pleasure yeah. and joy. It brought the father yeah, great yeah. joy. And I think yeah. that's what it happens. That's, you know, when we join in that business of heaven, yeah. that, uh, you know, we join in the work of our father. Yeah. You know, um, whether we know him as dad or not, whether we think yeah. he's real or not, mm. I think we experience the pleasure of God. Yeah. 
and the joy of that, whether that be in a buzz from getting doing something nice or, you yeah. know, whatever it is that seems to be built into every human, yeah, do yeah. something nice and you get yeah. a buzz out of it. Yeah. Or whether we we come and meet the person of God in mm. that in that moment. And yeah. um that's what an incredible thing. Yeah. What an incredible thing. Brilliant. Tom, listen, been great chatting to you, man. I'm aware time has just flown by a thousand miles now, as it has a habit of doing. Um, if people want to reach out, if they want to connect, if they want to find out more about Wednesday Night at Finnegan's or the Eden Project, what's the best way to do that? So I would say, yeah, you can search on social media for Wednesday Night at Finnegan's or the Message Trust or the mm. Eden Network. Um, you can find us all over that mm. um, or, um, yeah, find me on social media, drop me a message and I'll... Say hello. Send him, a, send him a letter. Will, yeah, send me a letter. And a check. A, a check, please. <laughs> no, that would be amazing. <laughs> if you prefer to do a direct bank transfer, I can give him my details. <laughs> so it gets there a bit quicker. Don't sign it, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> no, you should totally do that. Oh, Tom, what a legend. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And just like that, we've reached the end of another fascinating conversation. Crowd Church is a digital church, a community, a space to explore the Christian faith, and a place where you can contribute and grow. To find out more, check out www.crowd.church. And don't forget to subscribe to What's the Story on your favorite podcast app. We've got a whole lot of inspiring stories coming your way, and we really don't want you to miss any of them. What's the Story is the production of Crowd Church. Our fantastic team is made up of Anna Kettle, Matt Edmondson, Tanya Hutzelak, and myself, Sada Fainan. We work behind the scenes to bring these stories to life. Our theme song is the creative work of Josh Edmondson. If you're interested in the transcript or show notes, head over to our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com, and sign up for our weekly newsletters to get all this goodness delivered straight to your inbox. So that's all from us this week. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.